0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the the ability to be up and awake and alive and to be here in your house. Thank you for the opportunities you put in front of us. Thank you for all the work you do in and behind us. Thank you for your hand upon our lives. Lord, as we we look at your word this morning, as we worship you, I pray that you would remind us of those moments in our life where you have stepped in and we have recognized you. Lord, may we not grow weary in the times when it feels that you're not there. May we realize your hand is upon us each and every day. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning's passage is out of Psalm 104, 24 through 30. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is a sea vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There are ships. There the ships go to and fro. The Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. All the creatures look to you, and you give them the food at their proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created. And you renew the face of the ground. May God add his blessing this morning. Lord, we come to you this morning, we are thankful, thankful to see you moving in our midst, thankful for your word that is always true, and your grace that is bigger than our sins. Your love endures forever, in spite of who we are. Lord, may we recognize your hand in our life, each and every step. In your name we pray. Amen. Maybe may be seated. And if you're a kid, you can run. Run. Go ahead. It's okay. Kenny, you can run too. <laughs> Veronica, no. You're not allowed to run. <laughs> Good morning. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's good to be together. And I'm excited for our new series, uh, our series on Esther. It's been two years coming. Thanks, Martha. (laughs) You may remember when we had on the Connect card, uh, hey, what topics would you like to uh, uh, have uh, preached and where where would we go in scripture? And this was this was one that this is probably I think the last one, one of the lingering ones, uh, mostly because it's a chunk of time. Um, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Uh, but on my end, it took a little longer to get things like uh, mentally uh, prepared. Um, and you may have noticed in the uh, in the intro, um, I and I. I just want to explain it. So we were at Sight and Sound last weekend, which is an awesome... If you've never been there, it's a great place. So I picked up six copies of the of the DVD, Esther. And um, with help of uh, my friend Sue, we're going to get um, maybe some uh, cards on the back. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to have them in the library uh, for you to watch. It's about... I don't know if it's two hours. I can't remember. It's an hour and a half, uh, maybe. 131 minutes. Anybody know what that is? Two... Two hours and 10 minutes, right? Yeah, 10, yeah. Anyway, long story long, um, we're going to have these available for you to, to, uh, to watch. And if you don't, if you have the ability to download, um, if your internet's good enough to do that, you can also rent it via Sight and Sound for like $9.99 if you want to do that. There, I got six copies. The only thing I'm asking is if you borrow one, please bring it back as soon as you can so that we have them. We have 10 weeks of sermons. There's 10 chapters. Um, This does a really nice job uh, scripturally of showing the story of Esther. And so those will be available next week once we get the stickers on them and get everything figured out. But I want to encourage you to read uh, Esther along with us. Um, It's full of intrigue and suspense. There are good guys and bad guys. There's backstabbing and betrayal there's life-changing decisions being made. And response is God weaving his hand in and around the lives of his people. Oh, and by the way, God's name is never spoken once in the whole book. Never spoken once in the whole book. He never gets a nod of acknowledgement or appreciation, and yet his fingerprints are all over the book, all over the characters and the situations. He shows up just at the right time. He offers safety and protection over his people. And as J. Vernon McGee says, his providence is the hand of God in the glove of human events. This story of Esther is a a powerful story. It's stuck in between uh, Nehemiah and Job, and there's 10 chapters of which we'll be doing one chapter a week. For those who aren't big readers, this is a great opportunity. There's one chapter that only has four verses. There's one chapter that has 32, but that's by far the biggest chapter of the whole book. Most of them are 15 to 20 verses. So no excuses. Play like a champion. Read along. It's a powerful book. It has so many things going for it. So many interesting things. And we're going to talk about those uh, those ideas. What's going on? And this big word, God's providence over his people. So that's where we're going to start this morning. What is, whoops, maybe not. Hey, there we go. What is divine providence? What is providence? If you've been on, uh, hanging out on Wednesday night at all, um, we have been talking about providence. What is providence? Any ideas? Anybody has been here um, uh, on Wednesday nights want to share what God's providence is? His plan, right, his foreknowledge, his plan in our lives, what's weaved in behind the scenes, the way that he works things out. To Dan's uh, comment this morning, I don't even know why I'm here. We don't have to know why you're here, God knows why you're here. It wasn't a coincidence. And if you guys don't know Dan Peters, you may remember Jean Peters. She uh, has passed, it's been a few years. But Dan is Jean's grandson. And it's not a coincidence that Dan is here with us. It's God's providence in Dan's life. I want you to think for a moment about what providence looks like in your own life. Where have you seen God working behind the scenes? We don't usually see it as it's going on, right? That's, that's not usually how it works. A lot of times it's, we look back and have hindsight and we're like, oh, yeah, that makes some sense. I told a story in, on Wednesday night and I'll share it with you this morning. God's providence in my life some, well, it's been 11 years now, 12 years ago. Was that I had this idea that I needed to go to seminary, that I needed a piece of paper, a nice Woody Woodchuck award, if you will, right? I needed a piece of paper that said I had been to seminary. Made me feel better about doing this job because I didn't feel that I was prepared. And if you ask my wife, she'll tell you the hard truth of trying to get for me to get into seminary twice. It was painful. It was painful. The first time I let's see, even actually, the reason I uh, w- took a college class was I had talked to a guy at a seminary, uh, the American Baptist Seminary, and he said, "Take a class at your local college." So I went to to uh, Northeast. Take a class. See if you can pass because you're old, you know. See if you, got, you got, actually see if you can do it. And I didn't know if I could do it. I'd never I'd never done it. Go there and see if you can do it. And when you get done, give me a call back and we'll see if we can get you in the seminary. If you if you get good enough grades, we'll we'll try to do it on life experience. And I said, okay, sounds good. And so I went the spring of uh, 2000, I want to say 11. And I went, to, I went to class and I did fine. I call back in June of 2011. I call the guy, that's, he's the admissions guy. And I don't even remember his name at this point. I call and I'm like, hey, can I talk to this guy? You know, I want to get a hold of him. Like, oh, sorry, he retired. <laughs> I was like, can I talk to the new guy? Sure, you can talk to the new guy if you like. Talk to the new person. And he's like, I have no clue what he was talking about. I don't know what he told you. <laughs> that was my first experience to get into seminary. It didn't go well. My second experience was a, a trip to Buffalo. There's a seminary in Rochester, and they have a satellite in Buffalo. And I went to this this uh, program where they, it's an open house, right? You know what an open house is, right? They're trying to get you to come to their, their class, their seminary. They're, they're trying to pull you in. So I go to this, and there's probably five or six or maybe eight people, I don't even remember. They're there, and I'm sitting there, and all I can hear is, we don't want you. That's all I can hear. We don't want you. And I left there so frustrated, so angry, so hurt, deeply hurts that they didn't want me and I and I I like Dan said, you know what's God for me or against me and I was frustrated. my wife would tell you that about two weeks later I'm sitting in the office here and I get a phone call. It's the seminary and it's the lady who was in charge it was the lady who was doing this, the open house. She says, hey, you got everything done. All you need to do is sign your paper, turn it in, and we're good to go. And I said, really? That's not how I felt. And at that moment, I realized God's hand in my life. And I said to her, I hope you're sitting, because I need to tell you. I don't know where God's leading this situation, I don't know where it's headed, but I got to tell you that the only thing I got out of your open house was that I was not supposed to be there. And she said, You realize that we wouldn't tell anybody that. <laughs> We're trying to get people into our seminary, not chase them away. And she said, You know, there's only one sad piece to this story God's working. And I probably won't talk to you again, so I won't know what he did. Because in that moment, I realized that I'm the kind of guy who puts his toe in the door so you can't slam it on me. I'm the guy that gets his face in the crack. I'll push that door open. And I needed to learn from God that that was not his plan. And now I look back some 11 years later and I see His plan, how he worked out every detail, and that seminary wasn't the answer. That seminary wasn't the direction that he wanted me to go in. Now, it would be great if only I had God's providence. But the reality is, if you're a believer in Christ, God is directing your paths exactly the same way he directed mine. You have a choice. You can do the Jonah thing, or you can follow God. We're going to see Esther and Mordecai do the right thing. But you get to make a choice. Am I going to let God work in my life? Am I willing to bend in those areas that I need to bend Or am I going to run like Jonah, as far away from God as I can go? It's not my choice. It's your choice. God is working behind the scenes in your life at this very moment. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to let him work? Are you going to tell him you're too old or that you're all grown up or that you don't have anything left? That same seminary admission guy said to me, "You realize that Moses didn't even start till he was 86." I don't know if that's even true, but it hit home pretty hard. God's providence is weaved in our life, behind the scenes, working in our life. And as we read Esther, we're going to look for those places where God shows up, where God's made a plan, where God's prepared in uh, in the future for things to happen. I don't know about you, but there are some uncertain times we are living in today. There's some unsettling things we see. And it it's quick and easy for us to say, "Well, well, maybe. God isn't in control. Now, we would never say that out loud because holy cow, right? But the reality is sometimes it feels that way. So my encouragement to you, my challenge to you, church, is to take the time And read a chapter a week. It's easy. It doesn't get any easier. Next week, we're going to read chapter one. If you want God to speak into your life and want him to show up in your life, if you want his providence uh, to be seen, take the time to pray over that, to read the first chapter, and to come to church prepared to hear what God has for you. It's not just a story. It's life changing. Here's what I thought, I thought was a pretty good de- definition of providence. His constant care for, his absolute rule over his creation, for his own glory and the good of his people. There's a verse that goes along with that. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good for them that love God, that are called according to His purpose. If you have been called according to His purpose, He is working out the details as we speak. None of the little kids are here. But this reminds me, of a pretty powerful song that I probably learned at six years old. Do you remember this song? He's got the whole world in his hands, he's got the whole wide world. It's funny how we learn it as a child and forget it as an adult. amazed by little kids. Their faith is so big and so strong. There's a reason Jesus says there's faith like a child. There's something for us to learn in that. They have a wholehearted faith pointed in the right direction. They don't allow those things to come in. They just believe. There might be some pieces that we could use in our own life. First uh, point of this passage in Psalms, which is kind of an interesting place to start in Esther, right? We're starting in Esther, but I wanted to have an introduction um, to remind us about God's providence and to teach us what that meant and to introduce us Introduce us into the, this whole, the idea of what's behind Esther. And the first thing I'm reminded of is that we are God's artistic masterpiece. He says in verse 24, How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. We are his art- artistic masterpiece. All too often, I think we feel like we're in a sea of faces, that God doesn't care that He's somehow let it slip, that He forgot about us, that He doesn't know what's going on in our life, that it doesn't matter to Him. Maybe we think it only matters what the pastor's doing, or what a deacon or a deaconess is doing, or a trustee. When the reality is he cares intimately for each one of us. Like a beautiful rose. We are created by his hand. Everything around us is created by his hand. Have you ever taken the time to stop long enough And look at the intricacies of even something as simple as a dandelion. Something simple as a flower in the backyard or a bug. He cares over them like he cares over us. That scripture talks about he even cares for the birds and he takes care of them. And he cares for us even so much more than that. His masterpiece is what we are. And all too often we feel like, oh, it's just a waste. That I don't have anything to offer. I don't have anything to give. And my challenge to you is that God has put you in this spot for this moment. And in Esther chapter 4, we're going to hear what Esther says. For such a time as this. And if you don't know, spoiler alert. That is the key to that whole book. That God put Esther in a spot for such a time as this. And he put each one of us in a spot for such a time as this. You are special to God. His fingerprint is all over you. the challenge i think is sometimes we deny that by just forgetting about it by feeling like oh well i made a mistake i have sinned yep i got that one too and we just start checking off the boxes of sin we feel like how could he want me a sinner the reality is we are his artistic masterpiece what was the guy we watched last night the painter bob ross. bob ross so i don't know if you ever watched bob ross when i when i get a you know i know that sounds ridiculous so but bob starts out with his stupid palette or his palette on his hand and his canvas an old bob you know if you ever watched it it's pretty soothing Bob's got a knife last night. He has a knife. It's about an inch wide. And he starts painting with a knife. And it starts out with, ah, we're going to put a little here. And we're going to show a little love there. And we're going to, oh, let's put a little, oh, this looks nice. It doesn't really matter. Just put it here. And it starts out with this, you know, white canvas that within a half an hour is this amazing Painting. And I told my wife, this guy had a knife in his hand. He painted with a knife. He didn't even have a brush. He didn't use a brush at all. He took a bunch of paint that was just spots of color. He mixed them to the perfect, and he's just so easy going. Just like, oh, let's put a tree. Oh, this tree will look nice here. And he puts it, oh, we need some water. Oh, we need a reflection on the water. And I'm like, holy cow, how did you do that? Right? He's, a, he's literally going, oh, look at that. That's a beautiful reflection. Three minutes later, it's a beautiful reflection. It's like amazing. And he is but a simple reflection of what God can do. A little further on in this passage, We see that God takes care of those he loves. He says, all the creatures look to you and give you the food, you give them the food at the proper time. He takes care of those whom he loves. We hoot and holler and complain about gas, and I, I don't like it either, but the reality is, He continues to meet our needs. He continues to keep our bellies well fed. He continues to work in our lives. If you're hungry, I think there's... Oh, someone picked it up. Bummer. I had a sermon illustration. There was a a piece of candy right there. I was going to say, if you're hungry, I got one for you. I was going to eat it too, but someone picked... Who did? Lewis. (laughs) Lewis. (laughs) <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Dang that thing, Lewis. He su- He supplies our needs. <laughs> oh, I found it. He supplies our every need. and I think all too often we forget that. We forget that he's working in and behind our in our lives taking care of our needs that countdown timer was Tony Evans if you don't know that voice it's a famous voice right but Tony a- Evans is this, is a is a big time preacher and what he was talking about was when he was in seminary there was no money he didn't have wasn't going to be able to make it he wasn't didn't have what it took to keep going and when he asked his wife what will it take For you to know that God wants us to keep moving forward. And she put it out there. We're going to need $500 at least. We're going to need $500 to keep moving forward. And he walks out to his mailbox and there's $500. And he doesn't even know who it came from. For many years later, he didn't know where it came from. That's God's providence. Psalm 37 reminds us, trust in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I think one of the struggles in that passage is that we don't always know what the desires of our heart are. We think that more money, more fame, more stuff will make us happy. That's part of the struggle. Those things pull us away from God in a lot of ways. My challenge for you in the next 10 weeks is to talk with God about the desires of your heart. What are those desires? What is it that makes me tick? What is it that makes me fulfilled? What is it that draws me close to God? And it's different for every, each and every one of us. Sometimes we don't even know what we want. We, we don't even know how to dream big enough to see what God's plans are for our lives. So this is a pretty cool story. Story I got permission to offer or to, to share with you this morning. So, you know, my son, Dan, and my daughter-in-law, April, this is my grandson, Chet. It's not really Chet, but that's what I'm calling him because no one gave him a name yet. (laughs) I don't know if you know the story. I've told the story to a few. I asked for permission. I got permission this morning to share. So my son and daughter-in-law are the only local connection. My girls are in Texas, but if you know my daughter-in-law, she's a very uh, directed young lady, and she had plans. She had plans that when she graduated college for her NP, she was going to be pregnant, ready, prepared, have a child, and not have to disrupt anything else in life. If you know her, you know that she can pretty much make everything else happen. So she tried to get pregnant. And she wasn't able to get pregnant. And so she got frustrated. My son as well. They started to go see doctors. And I think sometimes being in the medical field may be a a distraction. (laughs) Because she knew what was out there. She knew what the plans were. She knew what the direction was. She knew the steps, uh, the next step, the next step, the next step, the next step. And in her heart of hearts, they wanted a child. But it wasn't happening. They ended up going to Cleveland for an in vitro, which failed. They went again to Cleveland for an in vitro. And it failed. They went a third time to Cleveland. Through a lot of pain, a lot of uh, tests, a lot of mess. In all of this, they were praying, we were praying, the family was praying. No child. By last September, they were so frustrated and hurt. And disappointed that they quit, they gave up. April said, "I'm done. I'm not. I'm done. I I, I can't take any more of this. the per, The percentage, the statistics, she said, are less than seven percent chance that I could, um, even with in vitro, that I can get it uh, pregnant. And I'm not going to do it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm frustrated. I give up." And that's where God stepped in. So they quit. They quit doing all the medical stuff. She said, I'm on a break. I'm not doing it. And she got pregnant in December. When she finally gave up. She finally quit pushing. And in God's provision, He has given them a healthy child in her womb. And in September, September 4th, I think, needs to happen on the 4th because we got other things going. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing we're not online this morning because she'd be on the other end and she'd be chewing on my ear. <laughs> God is going to bless them with a child his provision in their life. He showed up at just the right time. I can't help but think of that that verse in Psalm 139. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Finally, verse 29 and 30, he said it wastes patiently for us as we cry out. I don't know if you saw this in verse 29. It says, you hide your face and they are troubled. You take away their breath, they die, and they return to the dust. You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. God's still waiting there patiently for each one of us. Scripture is simple says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice, I will open the door. And opens the door, I will come in. I think all too often in the church, in the church setting, we make it more complicated than it needs to be. God says, Jesus says, come, call out to me. Allow me in your life. Let me change the things that need to be changed. Admit you're a sinner. Call on the name of Jesus. And He will change your life. It's not a coincidence that you're here this morning. It's not a coincidence that we're in this passage this morning. That's God's providence. Could have easily been preached Years ago or years in the future, it was preached today because it was his plan for our lives. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what your insides are feeling like. I don't know if your guts are churning or if your head hurts. But he says, Come to me, who all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I will admit that I have read that passage uh, probably a million times, especially when I'm not feeling rested when I'm feeling weary and heavy-laden, heavy-burdened. The promise is still there. The problem is that Dan doesn't always take that promise in. I let the things of the world get the best of me. The frustration of the things I can't change. The angst of life. not about God having the problem. It's about Dan having the problem. Let me tell you this morning that he offers that rest to each and every one of us. That promise is true today. It was true yesterday. It'll be true tomorrow. He stands at the door and knocks. Will you open the door? Let's pray. Lord, your word is so powerful, so true. In our lives, Lord, all too often, we're quick to forget. We're quick to dismiss. We're quick to say, but, but, but. We're quick to forget that you are working in and around us. Lord, I pray this morning for anyone who needs that forgiveness. Lord, they have an opportunity to leave changed from what they came this morning. They have an opportunity to not be weary, but to be rested. Lord, as we pray this morning, I pray this for those who are hurting, those who are feeling that burden, lighten their load.